welcome to A Match Made in Space. I'm Allie Goodman. And I'm John Walter. And we are a married couple who are showing each other the 80s movies of our childhood. And this week we are in honor of Mad Max Fury Road, and a little late because it, as is our want, we uh, took a while before recording, we are doing the third installment of the Mad Max Quadrilogy, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Wait, is it actually called a quadrilogy? No, it is not. I also just interrupted me in the middle of our thing. I just moved the mic too. That was kind of that was bad. It's gonna sound really good. Okay, anyway. Anyway, what I was saying was, my God, woman, have, are you, have you lost your, 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 your manners in this month off we've had? Oh, my God, really? Manners? I'm manners? sorry. All right, have you lost your ability what? to... Okay, anyway, what? so it, this movie was directed by the twin Georges, Miller and Ogilvy, and it was uh, written by Miller and another guy, Terry Hayes. It, and it stars, of course, Mel Gibson, the original Mad Max, and Tina Turner, the original uh, party animal. Uh, it also has uh, stars Angry Anderson... And, uh, yeah, that's, I'm going to stop with Angry Anderson. That's, uh, you know, it's, it stars right a bunch now. of, oh, Bruce Spence is in it, too, who, uh, you know, everyone knows as uh, a completely different character in the se- in the second Mad Max movie, even though he looks in exactly the same and serves the same purpose. Uh, so, um, Allie? Yes? I guess uh, since you so desperately wanted to talk. Sorry. Uh, why don't you I give me. I thought this me, was a, a why jewel. Why don't you give me, <clears throat> why don't you give me the elevator pitch for this one? Um, Sure. Oh, you're wasting my time. I know, it's right. Oh, here we go. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a busy executive. I'm in an elevator. I'm, I'm trying to get up to the floor. A, a, a post-apocalyptic Australian? Oh, the guy is post-apocalyptic in Australia. Yes. <laughs> All right. In um, a post-apocalyptic world. A post-apocalyptic Australian in a post-apocalyptic world. So far, so good. Meets crazy people in a crazy town. Okay, this sounds a lot like the first couple of Mad Max movies and the most recent Mad Max. Why should I go back in time and make a third one? What 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 makes this different? Well, he takes care of children. Ah. And saves them. Ah. And starts a new world. Ah. And there's little people. Little people, eh? Mm-hmm. Mm. And there's um um amazing Tina Turner. Yeah. Are there big people to go along with the little people? Oh, there are. There okay, are there good. are large people who carry around the little people. Ah. Hmm. And then there's a big dome. Yeah. Cage. And does this dome resemble a weather of any sort? Like, is it a dome full of uh, lightning, perhaps, or or a snow dome? No. Perhaps a flooding dome. But thank you for the idea. I think we should call it the Thunder Dome. <laughs> oh, this is your um, floor. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I need to get off, and um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to say no to this. However, it sounds so much like Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome that you, you probably aren't gonna get it made by anyone anyway. That's true. Um, yeah, I don't know how this, I don't know how this movie got made. You don't know how this movie got made? It's crazy. Oh, well, here's, here's the deal. Let me explain to you how this movie got made. George Miller made a movie called Mad Max in 1979. You, you guys are all getting the history lesson. Just wait. Yeah, super low-budget movie that made a lot of money back mm-hmm. and was a, a cult film. Mm. In 1981, he made a sequel, The Road Warrior, mm. also known as Mad Max 2, also known as Mad Max The Road Warrior. Is that one as good as Mad Max? It's better than Mad Max. That's my favorite of the, of the trilogy. But we couldn't watch that one. No, we couldn't because a dog dies in it. Yeah, we don't watch movies where Sorry, dog spoiler, dies. Sorry, spoiler, spoiler, dog dies. And the dog is named Dog, and Dog dies. Oh, okay. 
Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. We so we wouldn't watch that. But we, so why so did we watch wa- So, but the third but the original Mad because, Max we because the second Mad Max was great. Wait, wait. But the original Mad Max we can watch because it was because it was in the seventies, right? Yeah. They, okay. We so couldn't watch the original Mad Max. I just want to make that clear. Yeah. The original Mad Max. I said seventy nine. Oh, I missed that. The greatest year of music ever. My bad. Um. And uh, you know, eighty one was the Road War, and that was a that was also successful. Okay. Uh, did did very well, and so Hollywood kind of came over and gave George Miller a lot more money, mm. and said, "Hey, you 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 got some crazy ideas. Why don't you uh, why don't you make a movie?" And ironically, this is the movie that a lot of the fans of the Mad Max trilogy like the least because it has it, it it's the most Hollywood of all mm. the Mad Max movies. Well, it's, there is a feel good element to it, well, it and yeah, and the morality yeah. of Mad Max is pretty darn clear in this one. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, he he hasn't been he's a little like he's still I mean, he's still Mad Max, so he's still kind of like he always reluctantly saves people. He's right. always trying to leave before he saves people. That's the Mad Max way. But we get to see his moments of like I'm not going to end this person's life. I'm going to do the thing I'm supposed to do, which is save these kids. Like you see that yeah, oh, happen. Yeah, eventually. Yeah. Well, that's well, that's that's what Max always does. Eventually. Yeah. But see, but like even in even not to not to spoil Fury Road for all of you, but even everyone's seen Fury Road. Yeah, but is it, see it but in the but in the situation where he's like, well, I'm gonna go drive. I'm gonna go drive off without Dolly all, and y'all go into the salt, you dumbasses. You know, it's like instead of that, like it, it takes them a minute. And you can he, actually say dumbass. We put, we put an explicit tag. No, I like dumbasses. It's a person. It's a personal thing. It was not me misspeaking or anything like that at all that I would never edit out of here. Um, no, you're, you don't edit it. My point is that like his whole thing of like, like y'all driving to the salt and it's all fine. You yeah, know, but, he, I, but then he immediately had like a He didn't weird, immediately. Well, he did I not immediately. They were already on their way. He had yeah, to go find them. By Max's standards immediately. Uh, whatever. He, it, it, it takes him a little. It always takes Max a little while I'm to gonna, do the right I'm thing. I'm going to be honest about our notes for this. Um, I have a page and a quarter Oh, you know what? Which that is reminds really, me. really, really, really not a lot. Yeah, that's that's uh, that's good because I have zero notes because I left my notes downstairs. Did so you actually I will... take any notes? Oh yeah, I took a few. You want to go get it? Yeah, I'm gonna, of course I'm going to go get it. I was, All right, are you going to make me? Are you going to make me vamp? Vamp, vamp, vamp. Oh good, I can do a song. Um, rather than do the Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome song, which is really freaking awesome, and is is uh, is Tina Turner. I'm going to sing about. He's he's singing the vamp song. I don't know if you can hear this. Vamp, 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 My son has been singing all of the John Williams music. <laughs> all one song that John Williams ever really yeah, wrote. You know, we do a little bit of Star Wars, too. Yeah, but that's one song. That's not uh, one He song. wrote one song. Oh, he always and did. Actually, <laughs> technically, Stravinsky wrote one I get song. You. That's true. Stravinsky did write one song. Uh, that, okay. that John Williams then recorded. So, um, uh, we start off this movie in desert which is like not well yeah i'm normal apparently well it's it's normal in australia let's face it australia already had an apocalypse in fact it's entirely possible the mad max movies are happening now oh that's probably true (laughs) you know we we don't know so you know we have um chekhov's whistle from his boot yeah which is the first thing you're you're jumping way ahead oh i'm sorry then you you, start you you, want to actually set the scene you set the scene you know the the scene because i don't have all that set yeah well i mean let, let you know what happened in the beginning is you see max out in the desert and he's he's riding in a car that ha- is being carried being led by uh, camels. You know, it's being led by camels. You're you're, you're throwing me off my game, honey. Oh, sorry, you can't handle the the, the, the background music. I, I, I you didn't ask me to vamp. <laughs> I'm not vamping. Vamp. I'm not I was vamp. just giving you. I was giving you. A well, I know, but you give me vamp music, which means I'm going to start like I'm going to start just going and I'm going to be way off target. You see. 
Honey, I just took my ADD meds like 30 minutes ago. They're not kicked in yet. Yeah. Okay. This uh, is you're you're going to distract me crazily. Very, very on edge. And you need to take some ADD meds, Miss Unprescribed. I'm totally fine here, y'all. <laughs> no, you're not. Uh, audience, write in before the end of the podcast uh, or call in uh, to the you know 1 800 uh, we are matching space make made people. Um, wow, that's the worst I've come yet. And let, let Allie know that she's not okay. Um, so what, um, what I was trying to go to here. Uh, by the way, this uh, we've apparently entered the Thunderdome. <laughs> two two podcasters enter, one leaves. <laughs> so he is riding on this car. His car has like no longer has gas. You know, his, his he lost his police cruiser in the last movie. You know, which he somehow has back in Fury Road, and I kind of missed out how. Um, I don't have all this context, so I know you you're going to have to. Do so it. he's in a, he's in a rat, he's a, he's in a car that's basically a wagon now. You know, it's being pulled by camels. He has a monkey, which I'm not sure might be the monkey from Raiders of the Lost Ark. I mean, I'm not really sure how, how many monkeys are working in Hollywood. Might be the monkey time. from Friends. I don't think it's the monkey from Friends. Come on, man. Marcel? I mean, that, that was that was ten years after this. Raiders of the Lost Ark was only four years before this. We're getting we're getting crazy talk. The ADD meds haven't kicked in and neither has the sarcasm um filter. So uh you're bad at sarcasm. Oh, I'm sorry. You're really good at sarcasm. Finish the story. <laughs> you're so great. Okay, so anyway, uh, he is he's attacked by raiders, uh, actually by specifically a pilot, a bush pilot, who is not the gyro pilot from the second movie, even though he's played by the same actor, and his kid. And, uh, and I think what happened with it, this, by the way, was when they were trying to cast the movie, they said, we need a, Bru a Bruce Spence type to play the pilot, like, you know, like we had in the, in the second movie, and they said, well, why not just get Bruce Spence? I think that's kind of how it worked. Uh, so he basically is in it again, um, you know, and I... I'm sure there's some nerds who uh, think that like there's some sort of continuity thing where he's the same character, but I, I don't think he is. Um, and um, he, anyway, he's dive bombed by this pilot. Uh, he they 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 steal his his thing. He's left with he's left with basically what his guns and a whistle, which he blows once and puts in his boot. Basically, it's a kind of a or whatever. Like, it's kind of a, uh, you know, like, it's such an obvious piece. It is Chekhov's whistle. It's so obviously foreshadowed. You know, like, it, it's, we got to make sure everyone knows he has a whistle, so he's just going to randomly blow a whistle. Allie's mad at me for some reason. I'm not mad at you. You're like, you're, you're, you're cleaning your nails, like, ostentatiously. I'm just waiting. You're, you're ostentatiously cleaning nails. Anyway, so we're up to Chekhov's whistle, and apparently now Allie can join in because she has, she has plans. Beyond, plans? Uh, from beyond her page and a half of from notes. Beyond Thunderdome, my plans? Yeah. Hey, honey, I think we've moved beyond Thunderdome. Oh, by the way, my notes are five lines, I just realized. Yeah, that's what I figured. Um, so I, uh, what I thought was notes somehow, for this was actually from the previous I don't remember movie. how he gets there, but somehow he gets into this barter town place. And uh, when, yeah, he, I think he just follows uh, the way they're going. Yeah, I think he starts to... He, he's running after the, the truck, from what I remember, like trying to get to them, and then he just ends up going into barter town. And when he's there, he gets taken... To the barter dude, and the barter dude basically is he. I don't know. They have this whole conversation that I had a hard time hearing. Yeah, bar barter. Yeah, it was. It was very. It's. It's. It's very muffled and and dark in there. Dark in there. It's. It's kind of hard. To, it's kind of murky. But basically, barter town is. It's civilization is starting to come back, and it barter town is like this trading post. Like it's kind of mad, like capitalism gone wild. Where like without money, it's just you know, it's all, you know, like. If you don't have anything to trade, you can't come into Barter Town. Right. You know, if it, it's um, so he trades and Max his, trades himself basically. Yeah, he trades himself. Yeah, but he has a whole bunch of guns on. Yeah, well, him. They, yeah, they tell him they tell him basically to get you know like you, to you, get can't, you can't bring your weapons into Barter Town, and right. so he 
he drops off like it's actually a scene that foreshadows the the joker scene in uh dark knight yeah. uh, where they just keep pulling weapons he, like he's just pulling gun after gun i it's 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 a fairly comical moment. That's yeah, really you know, hilarious. He is loaded with he is loaded to the gills with guns everywhere all over. His I would body. say it was comedic, for what this movie was. Yes, I uh, there's a lot of comedy. In I this will movie. give you that comedy moment. Anyway, so he's. Taken, I don't know why you're even judging comedy. He's I mean, taken every comedy you've shown me has been painfully unfunny, and every action movie I've shown you has been hilarious. I don't understand where you're from. He's taken he's taken up to um this area that like above the town, and there's a he talks to uh, you know. The, the saxophone man. Oh yeah, that's uh, that is that is so fantastic, and like this is why I love Mad Max movies. Uh, not just for the visceral thrill of like crazy post-apocalyptic stuff. It's the fact that there's always some weird crap going on, and like, yeah, like like there's just a guy playing like smooth jazz <laughs> on a saxophone, you know, and he's being led by this strange group of people, which includes like a dude with like a that's iron bar which is a dude with like an iron bar on his back with a doll head on the top and that's actually angry anderson he's clearly like a stuntman-y kind of guy because uh yeah he, he does a lot of crazy stuff in this movie you know and he's kind of really when you get down to it the real main villain of this movie yeah like as much as anti-entity is kind of a you know an antagonistic she's, character yeah, and master not, and blaster right but antagonist I at some point but i don't think they're actually yeah. deep down evil. no 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 iron bar is like the the, the straight up like he's a heavy He's, which is funny because he's small. Yeah. He's a little guy, but he's the heavy. Yeah. You know. Anyway, um, so um, they meet. Um, what's her name? Ant- a- Auntie Entity. Auntie Entity, who of course or is Auntie our Auntie Entity. I can't remember how they say it in the movie, but actually, our amazing Tina Turner. Yes. And our our Tina Turner. Our, oh yeah, it's our Tina Turner when she behaves, but it's my Tina Turner when she misbehaves. I'm sorry. Are you Ike Turner? Is that what you're saying? When oh she my God. Misbehaves? If I, if we, if we were if I was Ike Turner, don't you think this Thunderdome would have ended a lot sooner? <laughs> Man. So, yeah, so uh, she's freaking brilliant in this. I mean, first of all, who knew she could act? She's great. And, and I mean, for what she's supposed to be, which is sort of this oh, yeah. post-apocalypse. Well, she's, she's, she's having fun. She's, she's having a, the scenery. She she's is not... having a great time, but it's perfect for what she's having doing. Having a wonderful time being evil. <laughs> she's so. doing a great job. And I have to say that, um, I, I don't know, I, I grew up with Tina's music, and I had this, like, love for her. And then, I'm sorry, but what's love got to do with it came out, and I, it was like, I was, like, all about this woman. And um, she says the word shit so much in this movie that my, like, inner 80s child, like, exploded with glee. I was like, oh, she said shit. And then she said pig shit. And then she said oh, this, shovel to shit. Be, to be honest, and she shit said holy a, shit. Shit is a major plot point in this movie. You she gotta talks understand. About this, movie, shit. this movie revolves around feces a lot more oh than you would expect. She talks about shit so much. I was like, I was like a, a little 12 year old giddy girl. Like, <laughs> like I wanted to wake our son up and be like, Jackson, she said shit. Like that's Yeah, because because it, we're we're not doing a good enough job <laughs> on our own of teaching oh. him to swear. Uh, we, so um yeah. We let me just let me just put it out there for the world. My, our son is two and a half. And um one of his normal phrases that he says, because love you, John, but you oh, have yeah, a tendency. You never say this. No, no, no. I definitely I definitely have my truck driver mouth. I will say this, but he is following in your footsteps because Probably five times a day, Jonathan runs into something, trips over something, bangs his foot, bangs his head, bangs his arm, does something, and or forgets something. And the words that come out of his mouth are, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. And, I'm a rambunctious growing boy. What do you want? <laughs> and and our little bull in the china shop, my husband, um, has is now teaching our, our, our little calf in the china shop um, that this is an okay thing to say. And now he says it all 
the time. So this little this little rocket voice comes out that's like, ah, yeah, ah, yeah. No one's gonna hear this part. I'm totally gonna uh, it out. Yeah. It's I'm totally fabulous. I have to say, I'm I'm actually. We're gonna have our kid take it away from us, Allie. Because <laughs> he says, "Oh shit!" It, I'm sorry, DCS. If you don't have more important things to do than to take our son away, because we I didn't say see oh, DCS shit. was gonna take it. Oh, who's gonna take him? I don't know, like roving marauders in a post-apocalyptic nightmare world. Are you trying to segue us back in? Yeah, I think I am. Okay, so um. <laughs> so yeah. Anyway, so anyway, like they they meet up. Like the uh, Tina, the saxophone player is playing for Anti Entity, who uh, then walks over to to Gibson and. Uh, and basically, Tina Turner and Mel Gibson are having like a mullet off to end all mullet yeah. offs. Like this is this is deep eighties like crazy mullet time. And I like the, the extensions that Mel Gibson has yeah. in this movie are off the chain. And he but he also still has it short on top. I mean, it is a it is a classical mullet. It, this isn't one of those like when people this isn't one of those like when people describe someone as having a mullet and it's just that they need a haircut. And they're long and shaggy all around. This is a straight up business in the front, party in the back, and that party has been going on a long time. Am I allowed to talk now? Yes. Okay. Just they so didn't know that I shushed you with my hand last time. No, no, it wasn't rude at all. And, and those of well, you I out mean, there, you were about to know. interrupt me rudely whenever I actually had a sentence to finish. You know, we can we can let someone finish talking. The interruption thing is more like let me add on. I was yes anding you, but that's okay. I will well, continue I want, to I yes and. I didn't need you to improv off of me. Oh I, I wow. He's doing I was his whole on. scene by. Himself. I was doing my set. I was doing my stand up set. Oh. I don't need your improv to intrude. I'm sorry. I didn't, didn't realize <laughs> it that wasn't that, really stand up. Didn't, didn't realize that's what I was doing on this podcast that we do together. But. Podcast that I have to whip you up I a hill to do. Amazing! Uh, I have this amazing picture of my brother in the eighties, <laughs> and I swear, maybe I'm going to have you post it on the website. Because I, I, you know what? I, I don't know that we want to do this behind his back because it's pretty cruel. He doesn't care. I posted it on on Facebook before. He doesn't care. This beautiful picture of my brother. Um, I have one nineteen eighty nine. Yeah, pretty much around you know well, four years before, but it's still you know we're, yeah. We're, yeah, I mean, the, the, you got to remember that the high, the heyday of the mullet is like what eighty four. Well, think to about 92, it. The movie comes out, and then you know? people, yeah, and then people started like, to get the the haircut. Like that's what I, I don't know. I don't, anyway, I don't think so, people started to get that haircut anyway, because of Mad Max. I actually, there's two photos of him with this, and one he's wearing the best suit that that anybody oh, in the man, '80s should ever so... wear. How is your brother not an extra in every John Hughes movie? I'm telling you, he should have been. I mean, if he had been, if he had ever been an actor, that should have, he missed his mark. Um, but anyway, I, you. Well, may, if he missed his mark, he'd be a terrible actor. Anyway, um, that was the worst room shot ever really done. Was, <laughs> wow! Wow! Well, did you do that for professionally? I did like a, did like a Gene Cooper room shot. Did, 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 okay, first of all, and I just sounded old school Jew. Like, didn't you for do that professionally? So didn't, once in the past of the worlds, that's not, like, you were so bad at being Jewish that, that your impression of a Jew sounds less Jewish than you just being yourself. <laughs> Please put that up on Please. the website. I think the world put needs to see. Put me up on the website, the, that put, John. Put me up on the website the picture of my brother and the mullet because I think he needs. Oh, need we'll, to we'll see definitely it. put. We'll definitely put that up there. Don't you worry. <laughs> Along with a picture of you in the eighties. Oh no 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 oh, no! Yeah. Oh no no no! Oh I'm no! I'm thinking your no, seventh no. grade yearbook photo might be perfect. God. I have claw hair, mall claw hair. It's. <laughs> Horrible, like foomed up and then foomed down. In I would, I would say it was teased and if you are, with an inch of his life, but really it was more bullied. No, it, <laughs> it was, it was really, it was, it was, it was like, straight up it was, I mean, it was thrown in a locker. That's how bad it was. It was like its face was thrown into the water, and then it was like sprayed with like evil. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say this right now, like. uh me and Bialik and, and and Six and all them looked at her and said, "Well, you got to chill out. With <laughs> it. You got to take it down a notch." Yeah. 
It's 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 true. It's true. It's the kind of haircut you see in New Jersey to this day. I'm gonna just like read some of these notes because I think that we can mush this part together because I, what's more important is that we meet Master Blaster and what's going on in Barter Town in the bot in the basements. So I have this thing about the dynamite under the car and the jawbones connected to the face bone. Okay, yeah. I think yeah. that's the music. Okay, that- so yeah, let, let's let 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 let's get to the setup for that because what basically what happens is anti entity tells Max that you know there's Barter Town is. She has a rival in Bartertown because there's two parts right. to Bartertown. She runs, she runs Bartertown above, and then there's like the under part of Bartertown, which I can't remember what they called it. But um, he basically, um, he basically runs the the below the town, which is uh, which is basically nothing but a field of squealing pigs taking dumps. Because what happens is the methane is collected from the pig feces and run through engines to power Bartertown. To, is, is it guzzoline? Is that what they call it? Well, it's not actually guzzoline. It's methane. Methane. Uh, guzzoline is, is, is what... And guzzoline's not actually mentioned in this movie. Guzzoline's only mentioned in the second and fourth one, I think. Uh, guzzoline is gas. But um, it's just, you know, it's a slang way of saying it. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, this is actually methane, like a natural gas kind of, uh, kind of powered thing. You know, so there's like... There's these, basically these slave pits under the city where pigs are tended. And Allie freaked out when she saw the pigs because, you know, like, again, we did not watch... The, the you know the the second one because she doesn't want to see it the dog get killed I don't like animals getting hurt you know I get and, really upset and again I, there was something in this movie I had totally forgotten about that later that you know with the horse that I was like oh shit oh oh look I said it again uh, I'm sorry <laughs> can we just say point taken oh okay Cha-ching! yeah you'll take your wow you are irritating today <laughs> oh oh dear listeners I'm the irritating one we are definitely a match made in space oh my we God. love each other so, so if, if it, you substitute the word space for hell perfect you are a match made in the pig fields <laughs> under barter town <laughs> um, so basically like Allie was freaking out and I was like no no don't worry because uh, basically these pigs are not for food they are for power yes these pigs are they're like revered like they're, they're the cows in yeah, here yeah yeah like, like you can't like and again like Basically, Mad Max gets, uh, he gets, basically what happens is he ends up getting uh, thrown into, uh, thrown down into the under, under city uh, for various reasons, which I can't remember off the top of my head. But he's, ha- I think, oh, it's to set him up so he can fight Master Blaster. Right, right. Yeah, because he's going to fight Master Blaster in the Thunderdome. Actually, he's going to fight Blaster. Blaster, yeah, I'm sorry. Not Master. I, Master, I always think of Master Blaster as one thing, I'm sorry. Yeah, well, that's kind of obnoxious of you. Yeah. There are two, two people there. Yeah, but they are really, two became one. Just like the Spice Girl song, and um, they are they are two halves of the same of the same whole. Uh, so uh, I'm being poetic. Don't look at me like that. So uh, basically, to set up to fight Master Blaster, yeah, no. in the Thunderdome to fight Blaster to fight Blaster, and who is the proxy of Master and therefore fighting both. Of them. <laughs> uh, they, uh, you know, like Max goes down into the pits where he, you know, like where he meets Pig Killer. Uh, who is a guy who is in who basically is suffering because he he killed a pig to feed his family, uh, you know. And pigs are revered, and, and that's, pigs are revered, uh, and pigs are vital for the economy, and you know, like here we go, it's uh, it's late stage capitalism where you're feeding your family is a crime, and um, Jean Valjean. You get that joke, right? Of course, I get that. Joke. Okay. It doesn't mean I want to encourage it <laughs> or or hear it repeated, but I do get it. Yes. Um, so. Um, so anyway, uh, basically, Max picks a fight with with Blaster. After there's a scene, there was a scene with Dino where the car, like they, he sees his car and his camels, you know, and apparently they have been uh, purchased by Blaster, Master, not Blaster. Blaster doesn't have his own money, um, <laughs> and um, 
you know, like, he, like, so uh, Master wants this dynamite that they find removed from the car, and uh, Max basically uh, is the only one who can do it because it's got like a, a switch to like blow up if uh, if it's used improperly, and he ends up uh, pissing pissing uh, pissing Master off, and uh, they end up, end up challenging him by his rights at the Thunderdome. And I will just say that I did write this that you know, and if you haven't seen this movie, which I'm sorry if you haven't, because there is some some joy to it, at least to see, at least at least to see the pictures from this movie. If you don't want to watch the whole thing, I'm fine with that. But at least to see what Master Blaster actually looks like, it's kind of awesome. He is a little man who is like, yeah, who's strapped to the body of a large of a large of a giant of a man. Giant man. Who's got like a big metal helmet on and no shirt. Yeah, you can't see his face. And essentially, um, yeah, he basically rides him, you know, like a little. And it's weird because he's obviously a guy who has a lot of, like, Master has a lot of mental acumen. He runs, like, he runs the bottom area. He he knows all the machinery. He controls everything down there. And yet, for some reason, he he talks like kind of like a baby. Yeah. He, He doesn't have all of his, like, like his, skills. Like his, yeah, it's, it's very like, strange. It sounds like English is a second language to him. Yeah, you know? it's very strange. And and what's interesting though is that um, I wrote down Master Blaster, the tiniest of Hitlers. I wouldn't say he's which, the tiniest. Let me of finish. Hitler. Let me finish. Which, what about Tiny Hitler, the the six inch tall supervillain? Which I, I would invented. definitely yeah, revise probably, later. But this is what I see, and this is I think what the movie has us set up is that we want to see him as the mm-hmm. as the raw, the totally evil right, wrong the, guy. Yeah, he's, he's the first antagonist in the movie. Yeah. Hey, do you guys hear this? They're, yeah, they're mowing our lawn behind. They're mowing us. our lawn, and it's incredibly loud. It's like having a helicopter land in the middle of the set. Oh my god, are we Madam do- Butterfly? Are we doing Miss Saigon? In Miss Saigon, not Madam Butterfly. And that's in Butterfly anyway, and I confused them all. Apparently, I'm racist against um, against musicals and plays that have Asians in them. Because yeah. uh, they all look alike to me, apparently. Um, so Two, four, six, oh, one. Okay, so... Uh, um, is that a zip code? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, um, uh, so, big, big, so, yes, he challenges him to the Thunderdome. To the Thunderdome, and uh, you get, like, a great, like, the Thunderdome is, you know, like, well, that's... that's that's the the thing from this movie that really culturally, uh, you know, like stuck, like the concept of a Thunderdome. Yeah, it's a know. big uh, metal like spherical it's cage. Like a, it's, yeah, it's almost like a. It, it's almost like either a buckyball, but not quite because it's just the loops, and, or like it's like half of one of those balls that motorcycle riders drive yeah. in, only much bigger. Yeah. You know, it's like this big metal cage, and basically the like the the rule the rules are there are no rules. Two men enter. One, One man, man leaves. leaves, which they chant, which is very yeah, cool. Which is yeah, and the, and the and basically the crowd bunches around, all around like like hanging off it, so they can watch it from all sorts of different angles. And they hang all different. Yeah, they hang like all these different weapons, weapons that like, they're allowed to grab. Chainsaws and spears and just crazy shit, and um, but they, and then and then uh, they attach basically the uh, the 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 two Thunderdome participants are attached to like bungee Bungies. cords. They're, and they they're, do, like, they remind of the, me of like the things that the little sort of, kids yeah. little kids have now in the, this day and age. I don't know if they had them in the eighties, and we never had one, but I've seen them. Where if you attach it to like the door frame, the kids can bounce in them. Mm-hmm. They're like bounce, they're, but they're yeah, it's attached. Like it's like a bouncy chair. baby chair, yeah. like with bungee. It's the coolest thing, and I'm really bummed that we never had one for Jackson right, well, because it looked really cool. Well, I, I just I just want I figured we just build him a giant slingshot and shoot him uh, across the town. You know, we have a parachute. Don't look at me like that. I'm not a monster. I'm sorry, DCF? Does somebody have that phone number? DCF? DCFS? D- this, this country's favorite yogurt? <laughs> I don't know. Um, Department of Children and Families. Uh, 
Sometimes it's the Department of Children's and Family Services. Sometimes it's just the Department of Children's Services. So it could be DCFS, DCS, DCF. It, it's been Thank all you, of those. Thank you, Right. <laughs> Thank you for that. Thank you for that very detailed history of uh, of uh, various social services uh, done at the governmental level. You're very welcome. I watch a lot of television. Yeah. Anyway, so. Um, <laughs> I mean, apparently, you you haven't watched enough to learn what what makes for entertaining podcasting. Because my God, so so the <laughs> would you like just, to read me a spreadsheet? I, I of will our give bill? you guys, you guys. I'm going to give you a drinking game when listening to this. Um, take a drink or a sh- well, if you take a <laughs> shot, you'll be dead. But take a, take a drink every time John insults me. Just let's try this. All right, but uh, but you got to compete against someone taking a drink every time Allie derails this podcast dude, with some weird minutia about politics. So the MC who's going to present about this amazing Thunderdome blaster and uh, Mad Max duel um, is what I wrote is, I don't know how this made sense in my brain, but this is what it I wrote. It doesn't make sense in anyone's brain but is, yours. Is Hank Azaria's poor man's uncle. I think what I was trying to say was... It's a poor man, Hank Azaria's uncle, which doesn't make sense either. But just go with it, because yeah, he kind of he he resembles Hank Azaria, but not enough to be like a poor I, man's Hank Azaria. I feel like he looks like to me more like maybe uh, maybe the, the the I can't remember his name, but the singer from Bauhaus or or like like he's just got like a very like weird, interesting Fay thing. His name, by the way, is Doctor Feelgood. In case you were wondering, because because Mad Max movies have like the best character names. They in really history. do. They are the best. Uh, you know, if you're not watching, if you're not watching the credits to a Mad Max movie, what what are you, what are you even doing here? You know, yeah, like, I, if I, you're not I, staying I, with the credits, I, I, you're I, failing I, at life. I, you know? I wrote and, Thunderdome looks like a blast. Err. I think uh, I was trying to say err. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think you were taking Urr. blaster like a pun. Oh, that's what I was doing. Because I because I gave you I gave you a finger finger waggle oh, when you showed me yes, that because you were I super did. you were super proud of that and I gave you the yes, waggle. I did. I said Thunderdome looks like a blast. Because blasters yeah. in there, and, and then I went and I waggled, know, the waggled the finger. I, you can, if you listen carefully, you can hear my finger <laughs> moving side to side in the air as I waggle my finger at you for that. So pun. essentially, they start this fight, and it's and Blasters, you know, is still wearing his you know metal helmet and no shirt, and but but Master is on the outside, and the way that they do this is all the spectators are actually hanging on the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the whole biodome on the outside of this cage. Biodome? Uh, is Polly Shore in there? Because, oh my God, I want to see, I want to see, I want to see Blaster Look what beat I wrote. the crap I wrote out of Polly Thunderdome Shore. Biodome? Yeah, you're right. It's Thunderdome. Yeah, Sorry. And, and so basically the, uh, the, 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 the main rules of, of, of this, oh, oh, I forgot to mention, oh, uh, mention it. because the Chekhov's whistle thing yes. comes to an obvious Oh, cell. right, duh. This, during, the, during the deal with the car, there's a loud noise that freaks Blaster out. Like he goes, ah, and like grabs his, like he can't, he can't stand loud, shrill noises. So Max has snuck his uh, whistle in to the fight because he's not going to beat Blaster in a fair fight. No, not, not, not unless he gets a weapon that's going to really And thankfully, and thankfully, there's no such thing as fair fights in the Thunderdome because, you know, it's. So yeah, so we know this little uh, piece, so Chekhov's whistle is about to make an appearance. So they have, like I said, all these, uh, we said earlier, all these chainsaws and spears and things on the top of the the biodome that are hanging down that people have brought in, um, but they're on these bungee jump thingies, and they start start to go, and 
Blaster's just beating the shit out of Mad Max. Yeah. I mean, he's just he's just leveling. He's wailing him, on him. Wailing on him. And he's he, beating him on him like he owes him money. And he, yeah, and he finally, and, and I think Blaster gets the first weapon and starts coming at him. Maybe I can't. Maybe remember. I don't I know. It doesn't matter. The but they, at some point, they both get weapons. They both. Are, I mean, there's the, the. They get the chainsaw. They get the spears. They get the, all the different pieces of this. And yeah. at one point, the 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 what do you call them? The bungees get cut. They had three cords, and now they're both yeah. down to one cord. Like right, it's very yeah. crazy. So yeah, like like yeah, Ma- Max basically takes him completely off of it. I think at some point, yeah. Yeah, I think they're both completely off by, by the, the end. end. Of the fight. Uh, and he, at some point during this whole thing, he's trying to pull the whistle out, and it turns into and, this giant. Hey, we're gonna pause for a moment. Well, you're going to pause. I'm going to keep talking about this. Okay. Um, so, so, Mad Max... Um, oh, honey, you were going to pause. Oh, I'm going to pause. Hold on. And we're, we're back. back. <laughs> so, so, Mad Max pulls the whistle out. Yeah, and... and uh, and he drops it the first time. Yeah, there's a lot of it, there's a lot, lot of like it's fumble, fumble, fumble. It's kind of like the, it's kind of like the uh, the Temple of Doom, like chasing the diamond around, and you know, uh, scene from the beginning. Yeah. Um, so he he drops it the first time. He can't find it. He's looking for it. Blah blah blah. Like all these and everything. And he gets the crap beaten out of him. Yep. Uh, this you whole know. thing. There's a lot of fighting. Finally, 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 he picks up the whistle. He finds it and he blows it. Yeah. And. Exactly what you think is supposed to happen. Blaster sort of freaks and he's like, Nah! And Max hit beats him with a hammer and right. knocks him over and he, he you know, and it's he doesn't minutes, kill him. But you have to like the rules of the Thunderdome are you have to kill the other person, right? You know, and he pulls the helmet off to kill him, and that's when you see like the the, the simple childish face. He, like he's obviously got like his like like a mental defect, possibly Downs. Like he has a very you know like it's like Blaster is clearly not like of the kind of sound mind to be making these kind of decisions and Max is immediately disgusted at the idea of killing him. And, and in the background you hear Master freaking out. Yeah, he's like, oh, you know, cuz it's like, you know, like cuz yeah, basically Ma- yeah, like you realize Master and Blaster have a very symbiotic relationship cuz Blaster can't take care of himself and Master is small and weak. So, you know, he's you know, Master's obviously been using Blaster's incredible strength you know, to keep himself alive and, and, and using his mind to keep uh, Blaster from being taken advantage of. So, like, it's, you know, it's a fairly sad moment. And uh, Max, so Max refuses to kill him, walks away, and the crowd is chanting, you know. And two men enter, one man leaves. leaves. Two and, men enter, one man And Anti-Entity is, like, looking like, oh, God, you know, like, like what's, you know, like, because this is like a... a like I don't a, think she knew that Blaster was... Right. And, and we forgot to mention the whole thing that Bla- that Master basically holds, holds like, blackmails her, you know, with the power. At one right. point, turns off the power and has the classic line, who run Bartertown? Right, you and know, makes her and say makes to her the say, whole like, on the town, PA on the PA system, that he runs Bartertown. I would love to go to Battertown. Just pancakes and waffles so, and cakes. Oh, delicious. Yeah, that's, Licking so the he, beaters at Battertown. So his, his, his power over anti-entity, it, she's supposed to be the face and the voice of, of Bartertown, but because he's in the underworld um, and he runs the pig shit methane situation down there really it's him that runs it and it's true but she yeah. but you know he's not he controls the spice. he controls all right so uh he makes he his way of keeping the power is by making her have to embarrass herself and humiliate herself and really be honest about who really runs barter town which right, is him. Yeah. And, and that you know so you know and again this has all been anti-entity scheme to take him out of power anyway because without blaster master's got nothing right you know. He has to be. Con- he can be controlled by her without right. him. So, but at, so anyway, uh, anti-entity looks on and and out of nowhere because Max is refusing, 
crossbow arrow kills Blaster from the audience. It's it, really sad. It was, and it, it was shot by Ironbar, who yep. is, you know, you know, again, an anti-entity. There is a moment where you can see she looks she looks as shocked as him. Yeah. Like, even though, like, she wants to get rid of him, I think she wasn't expecting it. Right. I don't think she knew that Blaster was, you know, had a like, mental defect. And I don't think that at that point she was ready to kill him. You know, and I think, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I mean, I, I'm, we're reading a lot into that, but I don't either. You know, like, but... It's definitely, or at least, at the very least, she has enough of a conscience to know this is a, at least, even if she was going to do it anyway, that the brutality, the like, because Ivar just dunk yeah. takes him out like, just he, like it's no big thing. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because he does it, and she doesn't give the order to yeah, do she, it. Yeah, and that's the other thing. Yeah, he basically takes it on his own authority to do it. And uh, and and Bla- and Master, I think, runs into the dome. Yeah, he at runs that into point, the dome, and he's just crying, and crying. it's really sad, and yeah. it's just an awful. It's on a, it's, it's it's about it's almost as sad as the Rancor uh, trainer in uh, in in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, you know, like weeping with like, the guy wearing a bath mat that just comes in and weeps. Yeah, you know, whenever you know the monster's dead because somebody loves him. Right. You know, and it. Yeah. It, uh, so anyway, Max is now, uh, you know, basically, like exiled. Yeah. From uh, from Barter Town at this point. Well, uh, he did his job. He did his job, but he like they, but he does. I can't remember what he does to like straight up piss them off. I think maybe because he fought like I think because he refused to kill him. He refused to kill him. Or he was going to yeah. leave without killing so him. So they, they, they and the exile the way they exile people from Barter Town is they, they put them on backwards tie them backwards onto a horse put a, like a big ridiculous mask on their yeah, head like a big clown and head. slap the horse and put a carrot there's a carrot no water there's water on a jar ahead of the horse so the horse gallops try to catch get to the water and basically lead him out into the middle of the desert and uh, in a scene that Ali uh, basically almost. Turned like, off the movie. Almost turned off the movie, and I, you know, like, at, you know, like, it, you know, you get, like, he's obviously been in the desert for some time, and, the, you know, the horse is staggering and still crawling forward. It falls into a sinkhole. Max barely escapes, you know. And the horse is swallowed up by the sand. the swallowed up by the sand. And he's he, dead for, I think he's dead on his way down, though. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. You know, he's, he's falling into a sinkhole, yeah. and an avalanche of sand is covering him. It's, it's like, it wouldn't, terrible. wouldn't be long. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, and then Max barely survives that, and at this point is rescued by a traveler on the edge of the desert uh, who takes him back to an oasis. And this place is beautiful. It literally feels like you're in Disney World mm-hmm. at the Swiss Family Robinson. Yeah, it kind of does. <laughs> and that, yeah, it, it is, it's a very, like, it's, it's got, like, a Blue Lagoon feel yeah. to it almost, too. It's like, and basically the, the person who took him is a, a very young woman, like, like teenager, uh, who's uh, named Savannah Nix, uh, continuing the awesome, you know, character names. Um, and he basically learns that this is a, a weird colony of children and there's a plane that's crashed right outside of there and these children are kind of borderline feral. they're kind of the lost boys mm-hmm. they're borderline feral but they have like they like they speak in like weird childlike patois and they uh you know like they and they they they, they have the stories of the before time and they tell like basically this crazy story and, like i love and the they scene, think to be honest. before, a lot before of we get there before we get there but... before we get there i love the the reason that they bring him back they don't just save him to save oh, him oh yeah they actually think he's the pilot well, of I, was their... gonna, I was gonna build to that that was part well of my... they keep talking about how he's they, yeah, they keep walker they keep walker. calling him walker and they bring him back and they actually save his life because he's not he's not gonna make it oh yeah no no he, he's de- they definitely save his life you know and oh and oh, by the way max has gotten a haircut well, they cut his hair. They, oh, they cut his hair. That's yeah. right. For some reason, I thought he got his hair cut in Barter Town. No, you're they right. cut no, his you're hair. Right. You're right. I, I jumped ahead on that. No. But so, basically, they've, they've got this guy, you know, like, they, they, they're telling him the story of, of, of like, it, it's kind of cool. They've got this whole storytelling area with all these really simple designs showing, like, the whole story of the A-bomb happening, you know, the, 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 the apocalypse and everything. 
and they're telling the story through a square, like it's a TV screen. Yeah, it's really which I like. They, it's like, it's like, it's got. It looks like a selfie. It's like a car. Well, it's like a cargo cult thing. They, they basically, yeah. they, they, they don't know what TV is, but they know stories that have to be told through a rectangle. Right. You know, and uh, they, you know, and they, they have drawings of the bird in the sky, and like, you know, and it ends up being like they, they, they keep like, and they, like, they, they gradually tell the story, and they pass it back and the, the, the square back and forth, like it's a talking stick. Yeah. You know, like whoever has the square tells is the storyteller. And uh, then they end up uncovering this picture that is a drawing that looks, I mean, it's as, as much like Mel Gibson as a, as a simplistic drawing is going to look, you know, but he's in like a pilot's outfit. And they're like, Walker, Walker, you know, they're singing like these children's choir of voices. And they have chanting. this view master with all these different pictures. They have a view master with all these different pictures in it. Yeah, like, like to tell him the stories of like, and apparently... What you gather from this is basically there was a plane crash. Like there were children who were being who had refugees who got put on a plane, and they were sent flying around to try and like find a safe place, and they ended up crashing. And uh, and Walker and a bunch of the, the the more hardy members of the party went to find help, and that was many 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 years. That's ago. the last time they were ever seen. You know, and so, so the children that were a little older remember the story well enough to have told it down and down but and it's down. It. But it's getting very confused and very like garbled as the as the telling goes. Yeah. You know, and and, and, and the thing judging is, by that judging by the age of the youngest children, I mean, unless some people are having kids. Yeah. Uh, this happened probably like seven or eight years ago. Yeah. They must have been infants. Yeah, like if they were if they were like basically infant toddlers, you know, like there's you know, like, so they're, but yeah, they're very, you know, like, they've got hunting parties. They're basically, like, borderline cave people. Yeah. I mean, they've got, like, the trinkets of their past life that they wear, but they're, like, in, like, loincloths, and, you know, there's, and they, they you know, they, they're, they, and basically the argument they have is Savannah Nix wants to find, like, because he came from across the other side of the desert, Max, she thinks that, like, and Max finally convinces that he's not Walker. Right. Well, yeah, he does. T- he explains. Yeah, although there's a windstorm that blows a kite in the air that makes them think it's like a prophecy. Yeah. That they need to fly out of there, and basically, there Max, Ma- like, because Max made it through the desert from the other side, she thinks that there's got to be a paradise somewhere on the other side of the desert. And they're in paradise. They, they don't yeah. realize. And that's the thing is Max is trying to convince them. No, you don't need to go anywhere. This is this is, like, this is as nice as anywhere in the world is. Like, this is the ni- they've got clean water. They've got. Like it's like a valley that somehow escaped from like with the radiation and explosions and everything. It's they've got clean water, they've got you know like plants, they've got like gro- like there's game, there's animals obviously they can hunt because yeah. they're wearing animal skins. Like they've actually they're they are they are as close to paradise as left in this world. But they right. want to find they like Savannah Nix wants to st- is striving for more. She thinks like there is like this wonderful place out there. So she decides to bring a hunting party of some of the kids and they all decide to go Mm -hmm. on this thing and and Max is trying to tell her no, 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 no and she agrees to stay but then of course she and the party leave you know, early morning and and they have to go out. They sneak out. So they have to go after him. So they load up Max and a couple of the kids and they head out because he knows those sink, he tells them those sinkholes are there and you don't know where they are and you're going to end up Yeah. Dying. Right, and so they're loaded with as much water as they can carry, and as you know, like and, and and weapons, and they are going to save her, you know, because you know it saved him. And what ends up, and of course, what ends up happening is when they find her, they're in a, they're in like a, what do you call it, like a, they're in the sinkhole, like a, they're falling. Yeah, but but like, but they're all holding on to. They're one in like a human chain. chain. Like, yeah, they're like a barrel of monkeys. They're yeah. all locked at. Like, they're all the, locked the game. in one thing. On, 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 and on. the last child who's at the bottom they lose yeah they lose him in the sinkhole another reason why i was ready to turn this movie off oh, y'all on. 
I'm not okay with Strangers that. Strangers die every day, Allie. Especially in movies. Especially if they're it's Australian. Not children, John. Not children. It's Australia. They could be eaten by dingoes. <sighs> so they continue as a party now, as a big pack, and they end up in Bartertown. Right. Right? Yeah, they, they basically because there's no way to go back. They're, they're going forward, you know, if, if I remember correctly. Yes. And basically, like, they realize to get... I can't remember exactly. Did 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 uh didn't one of the ki- some of the kids get captured? Is that how it happened? No, they go they get into the the tunnel. Oh, they get into the tunnel. Yeah, and then they're like crazy, like a little bit of feral kids. So they break through. Oh, the that's tunnel. right. The kids run, the kids run ahead, and then he has to like, oh god, he's got to go save them because they're then, in the tunnel, and they try to break through into the where the methane is. And they're where gonna the kids yeah, are. and then he realized, and they but they want to get. They want to get the master because they think he can help. They think he can help, right? And so, master at this point has been completely debased and demoralized and like he's a prisoner down in the uh he's a prisoner down below like forced to work yep to keep like because he's the one who knows how to operate and i think i guess it's like they they want his expertise right you know so like they're you know like they're forcing him to work he's like hanging like for a long time he's hanging like he's been hanging on a chain in the air and yeah. then, like he's dumped in the pig mess you know and they're, everything. They're, they're portraying him pretty poorly yeah um, so the kids kind of break through this tunnel. It's a, a lot happens in this moment. Like it's yeah. a little bit Goonies mixed with. Yeah, you know? and, and this is this is the part of the movie from when the kids show up on is the part of the movie, you know. You you just yeah. you just vapor locked. I sorry, I was trying to I was, I was trying to remember like yeah they, I think yeah they basically they go to Bartertown and they realize they because they don't have supplies and they they they're they're saving the master because he's smart enough to like do what I was saying them. help them but yeah. uh, what I was trying to say I, my train of thought is back back on the rails. They're basically the reason a lot of people don't like this movie as much as the other ones is this is the most lighthearted of mm-hmm. the Mad Max movies, and it you know and it it's got it's got the little kids like which are kind of like the Ewoks and again I again Ewoks are murder bearers I think they're you know people underestimate how awesome Ewoks are mm-hmm. I think I think we as a we as Generation X like to pretend that we didn't love Ewoks when we were seven years old mm-hmm. we did shut up you know you did mm-hmm. and you know but then we got older and we we're like no no we're cool you know we like Han Solo we don't like Ewoks continue but, like but you know the, honestly they're the it is a lighthearted bit of silliness compared to some of the yes. Mad Max movies but I actually enjoy like the kind of manic like crazy like off the chain rompiness of it mm-hmm. you know it's not as intense Obviously, well, nothing's as intense as Fury Road. No. Maybe, maybe the Raid Redemption might be as intense as Fury Road, but I don't even think so because that, that that's just fist fights. That's not like nothing but like adrenaline and motors and people jumping around and circus tra- stuff. Mm-hmm. But anyway, they're going to rescue. Anyway, the point is they're going to rescue the master. Yeah, I, I'm and all in over the, the map. Yes, you are a little bit. And in, and in the process of that, they actually get uh, they they recruit Pig Killer to help them mm-hmm. um, because he's actually a good guy. And, yeah, Pig, and Pig Killer's not a bad guy. No, I he mean, just has a terrible name because of what yeah, what he, he did to help pig, his family. Which, uh, let's face it. I mean, he two four six zero one day. So I'm 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 killing pigs left and right around here in my house. And oh oh, I shouldn't tell you about that, Highly. So um they they get the black they get the blaster they get master and they get Pig Killer. Right, they yeah, but, them. Yeah, they, and they, in the they, midst of this, they, they they find out that there's, and I don't know why we didn't know this before, but there's a train. Well, I think I think that was actually that the train is there. Yeah, the, you see the train in earlier scenes. Yeah, but you don't you don't quite. It's Chekhov's train. It's Chekhov's honey. train. Okay, so they it's get just in the on train. the mantle. They don't they don't call attention to it. It's in the background. So they get on the train and somehow figure out a way to. Well, the, the train power always it. worked. Oh, oh, it did. 
I think they just never had any place to go with it. There was never a reason. To so they all there. take the train. And they basically, yeah, and like they shoot off down the track, and then and finally we get to what you expect out of a Mad Max movie because this is a Mad Max. Now they're thing. on the road. Yeah, now they're they're they are actually there's vehicles and craziness, and you get like basically the dreadnoks from GI Joe, which is which were totally taken from Mad Max, and I didn't notice that as a kid, and I don't know how I didn't, considering I, I'd seen the Mad Max movies and played GI Joe at the same time. So I guess I just assumed Australians owned crazy cars, <laughs> but um. Basically, so now we're in, we we get to the chase scene that is in, in, integral to like almost any good. And Mad of course, Max you know, Anti Entity knows that this is going on. She jumps in her car with yeah. Iron Bar and all all of her you know yeah. hack men. And yeah, they're like they're in like they're like in dune buggies and yeah. all sorts of other crazy like vehicles. And uh, the train the train is actually pretty fast and it's got a head start, so it takes a while to catch up. And there's a lot of they, they, basically it's a lot of people trying to jump onto the train and getting knocked off the train. It actually has all, it, it's the same sort of beats as in Fury Road yes. at this point. I mean, not as much crazy stunts, although there's Angry Anderson Ironbar does some great crazy oh, yeah. stunts. His whole deal in this movie is he's like the guy who keeps getting killed, you think. And he comes and he back keeps from coming back, you know, and like like he does some great bits where he's hanging off, like they're going over a bridge, and he's hanging off of like the bar on the side of the train over the chasm, yeah. and he has to like pull Dive his legs up and to go like, under, and, and yeah. There's there's all yeah, it's it's all sorts of mad craziness up on the uh, you know, and you know while they try to escape, and Master's like trying to like do things in the back, and Master's in a suit now, which is really funny because yeah. before he was kind of dressed like the Bullet Priest in uh, in Fury Road without the bullets, you know, had like some sort of like weird desert headgear and goggles and everything and like a loincloth but now he's in like literally like a pinstripe suit yeah and 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 as he they... looks like a professor now and he's so much calmer now and like more low-key because basically the way the movie works is the villains switch like anti-entity is sort of a, an uneasy ally now she's the villain yeah and uh you know and, master's kind of now their and master's ally. their ally you know because because he he needs them to escape and he's not a bad guy he's just you know he was just using like Ultimately, he was consolidating power because he needed it to survive. Right, you and know? then and and one of the be- most beautiful, I think, scenes in this entire movie happens mm-hmm. on this train, where two of the kids are in a train car, and there's a um, a, a turntable, and a record oh, yeah. on the turntable, and they you know they don't know what they're doing, and uh, Max tells them how to turn it on, and like they have to wind it up to start it, and they're listening to it, and it's essentially it's a language. Uh, record that's in French and English. English. Yeah, it's and, and it's it's touching. Little, it's a really touching is, little. Oh moment. yeah, I forgot they were actually holding the record. The yeah. record was actually something they had. Oh yes, like, they had it was one, on one record. Of their mm-hmm. And they were holding it. And they would and they spin, spin it. it like it meant something. Like because that 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 image meant like you know. You know, Oprah. Like, it was well, how well, they, they told didn't the story. Well, they, yeah. they didn't know. Like, they it was told, a residual right. memory of that's what records are supposed yeah. to do, and that's when you tell a story, you yes. spin the record. Uh, you know, like it's all because again, they're like a cargo cult. Yeah. They're, they they don't understand the significance of these items. Well, they were also you know. like three and four. Well, yeah. Well, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Well, I'm yeah. I'm I'm, I'm yeah. saying like no, they, yeah, they, I get they, you. But it's the same sort of thing, like with a cargo cult, where like the natives see these amazing this cargo brought by you know brought by these these colonists who leave, and they still have it. And they don't know how the magic works for it anymore, but they right. keep it as part of rituals. Right. You know, like they're a cargo cult, basically. And, uh, you know, like they. So, anyway, this crazy chase is going on. There's that little touching moment. Um, you know, there's a whole bunch of crazy ass fighting. They end up re- they end up recruiting uh, Jedediah, the pilot from the beginning. And well, his not kid. yeah, but first they. Well, this is how that happens, though. They the, yeah, the, I forgot the, the where train, they recruited. The train kind of like they have to stop because the track ends. Oh, the track ends. Yeah, that's and so, right. And they see the kid, and they and they they, 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 they all right, jump off and they start ch- chasing him, and he ends up going 
in a trunk of a car, which actually which is turns actually into hidden, a, a like there's it's a, like it's a, a hidden, secret entrance. Yeah, which, like a by the way, that was totally ripped off for a play I was in in college. We did a post-apocalyptic version of. Sorry, theater majors, I'm going to say this out loud. Macbeth! Well, we're not in a theater, so I, I hope nobody's okay. listening yeah, to this Yeah, but you'd be amazed theater. how many people don't even like to hear it said anyway. So, uh, but anyway, so we did, a, we did a production where there was a refrigerator on the set that opened up at, into a trap door that people like would go under like as like a layer that was cool hidden under there. Yeah, it was a, it was a great set. Uh, decent performances, terrible costume design, didn't work quite on, on the whole, but it was it was. That's the one where you had shoes that were too small. I had shoes that were way too small for me, and I was wearing like women's bat pants. Uh, awesome. And and like a a, a Tama Shanter. It was it Sweet. was craziness. And, so, it, and, and and I was wearing slacks when I played the murderer at the end. <laughs> slacks. So they go. To, <laughs> but so um, they go down through the tunnel, and um, the the kid basically is trying to get his dad's attention. So yeah, it's a little bit of comedy. Like, shut up! Shut up! You yeah. Know? And of course they all. Well, that's, that's Bruce Spence. Bruce Spence yeah. is just. A goo- so they all a goofy end up there dude. and. They, they basically tell him that they need his plane because like, Max recognizes yeah, him. Yeah, he's he like, Ma- and, uh, like you know, like he he is cajoled into doing it. Yeah. <laughs> well, the say. kid starts the plane up. He's like, he's like, you, I don't know the plane, and he's like, yes, you do. And yeah. then all of a sudden, you hear the brrr, like yeah. that's uh, and, and so the kid started the plane up, and they run to get on the plane. But like, basically, what's happened? They're gonna get on the plane to escape. And anti-entities men are coming, and then Max goes off and uh, fights them off to, to slow them down. Right. And, and uh, they realize that they have too much weight, so they're they, tossing things off the plane, and there's not enough room for Max. Max decides that he's going to... Max gonna go, jumps out of the plane. Jumps out of the plane and decides he's going to fight them off and just so the kids can get and away. It, and it take, then the plane just barely manages to get lift off. But like, but before that happens, Max takes out a bunch of people through all sorts of crazy yeah. fun stunts. And, and uh, Iron Bar is finally question mark taken out because he gets under that exploding yeah. car but in the, the, the last thing you see you of see him it. is the wreckage you see his hand give the finger which is a great so, moment which is great because I, I like to imagine that maybe just maybe he'll come back for the fifth Mad Max movie <laughs> <laughs> you know uh, you know like he's just just this unkillable like I love that he's technically unkillable yeah. and like he's still alive even though he's under burning charred wreckage right you know he still at least has enough energy to give Max the finger and so it ends with Max like in the dust on the ground like got, he's got nothing, and um, the plane has flown has flown off. Yeah. A- and anti entity car pulls up. She walks over, looks at him. You know he's he's taken everything from her. Barter Town is like in shambles. You know because uh, you know like they've 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 wrecked the place. They've they've escaped. You know the guy who runs their power is gone. You know and she just looks at him angrily and then smiles and says, "Well, ain't we a pair?" And laughs and walks off and leaves. And ba- basically, she's gonna and she's gonna go fix Barter Town. Yep. You know, and she's she's left him there because Anti Entity is not really a villain either. She's right. just a hard woman in a hard world. And so Max is now alone in the desert, wandering by himself again. Shocker. And yeah, and which is basically how he begins and ends all of his movies. Uh, like um and and then you see the plane fly to the remains of Sydney. Which is a fairly, I mean, there's yeah. obviously models and stuff involved, but it's a fairly decent effect for the time. Mm, they do a good job. And, you know, like, you see the opera house, you see the bridge, you know, all the things that, like, I've never been to Sydney, but I knew, I would know it was Sydney immediately yeah. from those those two landmarks. Yeah. And you see them flying around in the city, and they're like, and then, like, it cuts to sometime in the indeterminate future, and uh, the, you know, they, like, there's obviously a new colony there, and the and Savannah Nix is telling the story of how Max saved them. Yep. And, like, and that's the, and that's kind of how a lot of Mad Max movies, like, I think two ends in a very similar way where I think the, there's the feral kid from, uh, from the second movie, mm-hmm. uh, who's this crazy little kid who throws boomerangs and, uh, 
you know, uh, he, he, he is an adult and he's the narrator. It turns out he's been narrating the, whole movie. the movie and he's telling the story of Max in this, in this future. So, you know, it's, it kind of gets that same, you know, that same sort of feel. It's, it's a, you know, it's, it's got that, like Max has sa- Max has made the world a better place, but he's wandered back in the wilderness because he is not. You know, it's not for him to he be can't part be of this. He can't be tied down. Like he's, it's not for him to be part of this society. He's he's always on the move, you know. And obvious, and and I, I guess that really wraps up the movie. I just want to go backwards to say that, like, like I at one point decided to look up the sort of the timeline of uh, Mad Max movies because I was trying to figure out how Fury Road fit in because he has because it seems like he has his police cruiser in Fury Road which he doesn't have in this movie which is I believe just I I'm, I'm certain it's been a while since I've seen uh, Road Warrior but I'm pretty certain the uh, his 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 custom police cruiser is destroyed in the Road Warrior and he ends, he doesn't have a car at the end of the movie mm-hmm. you know and he has obviously like a station wagon at, like <laughs> like that he's riding like a like a carriage like sitting on the top of in the mm-hmm. beginning of this one um so I'm not sure if like Fury Road is supposed to take place in between or like like where I don't know. like I'm not sure how like I'm, I guess it takes place after. But so I was trying to look up the timeline and, and I learned that basically the timeline of these movies is literally Mad Max takes place, by the way, the first movie takes place in 1994. Mm. It's before the nuclear holocaust, though. Oh. It's just a dystopia. Ah. You know, and I, I remember 1994 being kind of a dystopia, uh-huh. you know. But, you know grunge and the thing. And the yeah, post-grunge thing. was starting and, you know, mm-hmm. that was getting bad, getting nasty, you know. And uh, the offspring were getting hits and that's just weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, like, the then Road War was supposed to take place five years after that. So it's okay. like 1999-ish. And that's, and in between, sometime, I guess around the same time Skynet would have taken over in the Terminator movies, we now have uh, the nuclear holocaust has happened. And then... 15 years after that is supposedly when this takes place, which means technically Beyond Thunderdome is taking place now in the timeline. And I have gotcha. no idea when Fury Road actually takes place in this. You know, I, it, it, it seemed it, like I, 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 but that, that was my original point. But I, I just thought it was interesting that it's 15 years between they, like, I don't know why they made it that long, you know, but apparently that seems to be judging by everywhere I look, that seems to be the canon of it. So it's. You know, like, I, I, I'm not sure, like, why they, they, they had that, that big a gap. And it kind of confuses me because a lot of those kids are definitely under the age of 15. Mm-hmm. You know, which means they were born after the after the apocalypse, but they were still on a plane. I, like, that's why I was, like, I, I got a little, like, weirded out by the Well, maybe the, the youngest of them are actually, pro- like, maybe like they're children the progeny of the... Of the yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe the, and maybe, maybe that's the, the oldest people all left. Mm-hmm. Maybe, oh, you know what? They were probably, I, you know what? I, I just realized, and I, I'm, I'm glad I realized this on the podcast. The adults probably there were probably other adults that left with Walker. Yeah, like I'm had, sure they weren't the only. I'm sure they didn't yeah. just throw a bunch of kids on the plane. I'm sure the adults were. Yeah, with them. but I, well, I think well, I thought that the kids on the plane was like an arc kind of situation. Mm. It's like get my kids, at, like leave my kids to safety. But they have know? to have some adults because if once they get there, they well, need somebody to take that's care true. of them. Walker's not going to take care of them by himself. Well, he's a Texas Ranger. He can do oh, please. Uh, so, so yeah. So anyway, that's that's basically Beyond Thunderdome in, in a nutshell. One of the know. one of the other things is that um, there's a there's a uh, the point one of my poignant moments about the record player is that the, what they're actually saying is I'm going home. Oh yeah, I'm that's going right. Home, I which forgot. I thought was yeah. so beautiful. Right. Like I thought and, that was such a cool. And point. as a side note, I had one more note that I forgot to mention. There's a dude in the Thunderdome period, like when they're like in the audience who's wearing like a sailor hat and looks like some sort of post-apocalyptic like. Jughead thing, like he looks. Kind of, it's not like a, like it's it's kind of like Popeye, but it's more like Jughead. He looks like a, like this weird like goofy looking like, and and that's one thing I love about all the Mad Max movies. And as they go on and on, they get weirder looking. Is how messed up everyone looks. Like there's mm-hmm. all these just ugly. Like it's not pretty. It's not a beautiful apocalypse. 
you know even even like in even in fury road when they have charlize theron a woman who is very capable of being incredibly beautiful she's in more like her battered beat down right like she has like the the only makeup she wears is like this raccoon mask on her face and she's got a very mannish haircut you know and she's missing an arm and everything like she's she's a beautiful person who doesn't isn't trying to look beautiful Mm -hmm. like and I, i i i do like that about like the mad max movies like max is always fairly handsome Yes. Like, obviously, more handsome is Mel Gibson than is Tom Hardy. I think, mm-hmm. uh, you know, although Tom Hardy has like a puppy I lip think he's charm, hot. he's got a puppy lip charm to him. Um, you know, before... and nobody wears a face mask like Tom Hardy. That's true. <laughs> but um, but yeah, it's it's. But before we go, uh, you no, can... no, I, I was gonna I was gonna say this is one thing um, before we get into our questions. Um, I I I would be remiss mm-hmm. if I if I didn't um, add this in, considering mm-hmm. you know it is a Mad Max movie and. Fury Road did just come out. So right. um, this is for you and all the listeners that will appreciate this. Fury Road. <laughs> Fury Road. I found out long ago. <laughs> Actually, it'd be way in the future. <laughs> the apocalypse was a terrible thing. I don't know. I, got, I don't know. rhyme. It doesn't work anymore. <laughs> I know. It's a long all right, way down so, the Fury Road. <laughs> so, John, let me ask you this question. Fury Road, Whoa. take me home. <laughs> All right, so was Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome worth revisiting? I'm going to say this right now. It's very hard for me to get Beyond Thunderdome mm-hmm. because it is a great thing. And I, I love this movie. I, again, it's probably, it's probably my third favorite of them all. I think, uh, I, I mean, I think Fury Road is now my new favorite. Yeah. I think uh, Road Warrior is my second favorite because Fury Road and Road Warrior basically like, have like, that same feel. I, I, Mad Max is a great movie, but I, like, it, it, it feels like it's, it's almost the odd man out because it's like, the the everything changes so much into the second one i mean i love mad max i love them all they're all great movies i love the whole aesthetic of it it's really they're they're responsible for so much cool pop culture after the fact like all the fallout games owe so much to the mad max games uh to the mad max movies you know any anytime you again gi joe that all the all the crazy australian dreadnought characters from gi joe which i loved as a kid you know come from that like it's 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 such a formative like this whole weird post-apocalyptic car culture, like driving around the desert fighting for gas, like thing is, it's it speaks to me in a, a really fun way. Again, like it's probably my third favorite of the Mad Max movies, but again, I like all of them a lot. Uh, I understand why people don't like the silliness and lightheartedness of it, but I like a, I like silliness and lighthearted too. Like again, like as yesterday um, on uh, on Twitter, um, uh, you know, I there was a. I, I've just forgotten her name. Chaz, I know, uh, said uh, I forgot her Twitter name, but uh, she said uh, she said uh, like the 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 perfect idea for a movie. Uh, uh, the next Mad Max movie is Imperator Furios and Tank Girl <laughs> <laughs> having adventures together. Yeah. And I, honest to God, that that that's what I, like Tank Girl is the same has that has that aesthetic too. And I love Tank Girl. A lot of people hate it, but I love it for the same reason. It's just it doesn't take itself fully seriously. It knows this is insane, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, like we li- like. You can't, like, I feel like there, I like to have a tiny edge of, uh, even if it's just grim humor, uh, like humor, like lightheartedness to the post-apocalypse. Because, yes, it's going to be a bleak time and it's going to be a nightmare. But, you know, like, the Mad Max movies get by on either the humor of this one or the crazy bravado of Mm -hmm. the, uh, like, where it's just like, this is so, like, everything's so crazy, you know, it works. And this one has the craziness and the humor, you know, which I, I, I just love. You know, I, I, awesome. it's, it's an aesthetic that just makes me happy. And um, I'm going to ask you, Allie, uh, was this worth watching? 
I'm going to say yes. Um, and, and it's interesting because I came off of having just seen Fury Road. And, and I've never, I've never seen, seen any other I've Mad seen Max no movies. other Mad Max movies. I was never. Um, so you're watching them backwards. <laughs> well, yeah, whatever. I mean. <laughs> So one day, one day, one day, I'll force you to watch a Road Warrior, and we'll just, we'll just, uh, pa- I'll, I'll just tell you to leave the room. Yeah, know? I don't know if I can handle it, but um, because if I, the thing is that I can already imagine that the dog's dead, and so now I'm and, like, sad and the about dog it. is actually a really awesome character. Yeah, so too. like I don't really. Wanna... And by the way, the Fallout games have a character called Dog Meat in honor of him that mm-hmm. like uh, he appears in all the games, and I think only the most recent one. They finally designed it, so I think the new one coming out, they designed it so the dog can't be killed. Because one of the worst things about getting dog meat is you have to keep him alive. Because no one, I like if he died, like I've actually like I've never played Fallout Three, but I played like the first couple of Fallouts back in the '90s, and everyone I know talks about the Fallout Three says uh, agrees with me on this. Like having him in your team makes you sad because you you just want him to never die. <laughs> yeah. So and it's it's so I you know like I get like like yeah I how can't handle that. Like, so so here's my feeling. What I love about this movie is that I have very – I walked away, and it's been a, a little bit of time since we watched yeah, this we, movie. Yeah, we were going to record it, and we couldn't, and then we were going to record it, and we couldn't, and then we my had point a, is plans, and that it went crazy. Having walked away from it and only having seen it once, I will say that I have images that have stuck with me about this movie. I have – the cinematography in this movie is freaking brilliant. Mm-hmm. The way that they captured some of the – the vision of this movie and that's is gorgeous. Amazing, Can I actually give my oh, point? I'm sorry. Thanks. <laughs> and and what I love about it is that um, that I walked away having seen this movie once. And I'd say it's not the best movie I've ever seen or anything like that. I'm not walking away going, "This is the most amazing movie I've ever seen." But I am saying that I I have these images and these things have have stuck with me. The and and you know if I you know piecing them out and when you walk away from a movie and you take pieces with you, I feel like that that's worth it um with fury road i don't i mean yes there are certain moments in the movie i can remember but what i walked away out of that movie was a visceral feeling which is a very different experience something i really don't know that i and that it's like it's like being on a roller coaster and you leave you don't remember every little turn and flip and whatever you do on a roller coaster but you remember that feeling right yeah like that's what i remember i I would honestly i i actually said after we left that movie i i honestly don't know if fury road is technically a movie no like in like the way we define a movie it's almost it's so intense that it's almost just, it's like an amusement park ride. With visual like gymnastics, yeah, it really was. It's an experience yeah. like, that you washes over you. That's exactly how I feel. Whereas this is actually a movie. Yeah. This, this is, you know, There's and... a plot and a story. And by the way, Fury Road, like, it took, like, he was trying to make Fury Road since almost after this movie ended, but, like, wow. uh, there was all these different setbacks that happened. You well, know, it's so great that's that like, it happened that's when like, it did. That's actually why Tom Hardy is there no longer and not, Matt, you know, and not... Uh, Mel Gibson, Not yeah. Mel Gibson. It would have been a Mel, another Mel Gibson movie in the, in the series, but it just... Everything came up in the way. It was done very well. In fact, I think I think things like September 11th actually happened that pushed it back again mm, and again. Sure. Various, the, you know, the economy collapsing. Like everything kept pushing this movie back, mm. and I'm so glad it finally got made. Yeah, that but, was great. Um, but yeah, like it, and and one thing I just am so amazed by in it is it is often like most people consider this the weakest of the Mad Max movies. You said you have said that like I know, times. but I'm, I'm I'm saying it for a reason. I'm setting <laughs> up the next sentence. I like to provide antecedents mm-hmm. for my pronouns, uh, but I would say it is the most quotable. Mad Max movie. Mm. I can't really think of quotes yeah. from any other Mad Max. Well, maybe Shiny and Chrome from uh, Fury Road. You know, when like characters talk about that, but it's not really quotes so much as just the phrase they use. You know, but like, I mean, this has Who Runs Barter Town. You know, it has uh, the uh, the uh, God. There's a couple, and I can't remember them now. You know, like one, two, one, two men enter, one man leaves. Lives. You know, like it's all these. You know, like it has it has lines that get remembered, and it, and also the Thunderdome in and of itself. It's like a cultural thing that lives so far past the movie yeah like like that the term thunderdome like it's all it like it just i've used it my entire life like like since i've seen this movie like anytime there's like 
like anytime you talk about things breaking down or people battling you know over something petty it's a thunderdome mm-hmm. in my head like mm-hmm. it's it like it's something it, it, it really it, it added something to the cultural lexicon like bang right on that stays forever yeah so i again in conclusion really great movie i i enjoy the heck out of it uh before we wrap everything up mm-hmm. i want to do a weird quick plug for the future oh yeah um because um i i am guesting and we're recording it this weekend so i'm not sure when it's coming out but i'm going to be guesting on the pex lives podcast p-e-x 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 l-i-v-e-s pex lives uh they're they're a doctor who podcast that uh uh, Kevin and James are the two uh, main guys on it. I'll be guesting with another person. They watch different old uh, classic Doctor Who serials from before the uh, the New Who. They also discuss New Who whenever there's news about it. But they they watch these old serials and kind of discuss like the issues into them and like you know like basically everything about it like the like their ra- like the, the philosophy behind it the whatever. It's a it's a great podcast and they've got all sorts of little side projects that come out from other fans. They they're kind of a catch all for fans of the show to talk about pop culture in general i'm going to be appearing talking about the uh city of death the very classic tom baker episode that has a john cleese cameo and uh, is written by douglas adams of the hitchhiker's guide uh, trilogy so i'm gonna we're gonna be recording that uh this sunday so i'm not sure when it comes out but keep your eyes out for that if you want to hear more of me in a completely different context uh Probably not interrupting as much because it's going to be over Skype, so I won't be able to see people's faces, <laughs> you know, to know that they're going to hit me. They're so lucky. And, you know, it's going to be, you know, and, and talking about something even nerdier than uh, than Mad Max movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, just uh, keep an eye on that. And I would recommend that show up at all if you like any sci-fi. Even if you don't like Doctor Who, they're fairly interesting political discussions, too. It's probably the most anarchist left-wing uh, sci-fi podcast you'll ever hear. And uh, that's it. And those um, guys are great. Yeah, and... Um, at, Allie has we've we've joked about doing a crossover with them before where we where we watch an eighties uh, an eighties Doctor Who uh, serial and and get Allie's first response to it. Oh, man. Um, and, but anyway, um, which should be pr- fairly fun because uh, the eighties were pretty bad for Doctor Who except except when they weren't. Uh, but anyway, uh, I guess uh, you found us already. But if you can't remember how you found us, <laughs> uh, our website is matchmadeinspace.com. We are on iTunes. So just look up a match made in space. Uh, you can contact us with long form, uh, you know, information at matchmadeinspace at gmail dot com, and, uh, and Twitter. And uh, our Twitter is mmis podcast uh, at mmis podcast. We still don't have a Tumblr, although I should get one so we can put up stills and things from movies. Yeah, and, like the and, picture and, of my brother new, with a mullet. Yeah, uh, maybe I'll do that sooner or later. Uh, you'll you'll if you go to our Twitter, uh, I'll, I'll update if I ever make us a Tumblr. And uh, let me see if there's if any If you want to follow John, he's at Hitler Puncher. And if you want to follow Allie, she's at Allie, A-L-I, underscore Goodman. Right. Good man. Right. Uh, and uh, I guess that's it. I felt yep. like I wanted to have a, I felt like I had a, I want to ask a poll question, but I can't remember what it is. So, uh, hey, uh, next week maybe I'll have a poll question for you because I felt like it was a voting between two things that I wanted people to tell me the answer to, but I can't remember it now. Aw. So, uh, on that anti-climax. All right. Yeah. This is a match made in space. Signing off. Adios. Hey, guys. Uh, John here. We, uh, we never neglected to mention on the podcast or I neglected to mention on the podcast um, two things uh, of minor import one that Angry Anderson uh, was the uh, lead singer of the Australian rock band Rose Tattoo I don't know how I forgot that and uh, that um, 
my longstanding plan for years with Jackson has been uh, every Halloween I've been wanting to dress as Master and Blaster and try to talk Allie into dressing as anti-entity. She has so far said no, but I feel like if everyone uh, wrote into her and said, you know, yes, I think that was the poll question I wanted to ask. Uh, So, uh, you know, if everyone could just write into, you know, at MMIS podcast on Twitter or send us an email at that uh, email address, matchmadeinspace dot at gmail.com just letting her know you know whether you think this is a good idea or not um you know that'd be great anyway um adios adios